I'm unapologetically fly. No wonder why, that's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Hi, welcome to this week's Glitch in the Code. I'm all on my own because I've got no friends. I do have friends. They're just doing other stuff at this time of night on a Monday to talk about conspiracy theories. They're probably not that interested, um, but um, I am. So what I wanted to speak to you today about is something called the Great Transition. Now, we've all heard of the Great Reset. That's what's been banded about here, obviously, Klaus Schwab and his Bond villain-like face doing the Great Reset and all that stuff and DiCaprio turning up there and, and waffling on about how we've only got nine years to live. Um, and I'll come back to it later. There's a reason for all of this. But behind the Great Reset, which I believe to be, although it clearly is rolling out some most of the same agenda, um, a kind of like buffer for people not looking in too much depth into what the Rockefellers, it's by the Rockefellers, called the Great Transition. Now, this is pretty much the same as the Great Reset, but the Great Reset seems to sort of like emphasize the technology base um, or, or the element, technology element more than this but um so the great transition is the uh, rockefellers version or real version behind the great reset so you can find it on their website it's not hard to find i hadn't actually heard of this and doing this for quite a few years i still hadn't heard of it until probably three months ago i think when um whitney webb who's a, a great researcher she just briefly mentioned it in a interview with someone and i was like what is that so i looked into it and many of us haven't heard of the great transition so i wanted to do a video about the great transition today um just before while we're winding up which in the code which we've probably got about another five or six episodes before i go over to deep dive um on iconic.com so the great transition so guys if you google it you'll just find it on the rockerfoundation.org so the Great Transition is a doubling down on, on sustainable development goals. As soon as you hear sustainable development goals, be wary. <laughs> it's never a good thing. Or if you hear the Rockefellers, be wary. That's never really a good thing either. And we'll look at why. I've got some other bit of research to look into to give you a background of the Rockefellers. But um, let's have a quick look at this before we have a look at their background as well. And most of you know a lot about the Rockefellers. So this, um, the, the outline to the Great Transition is, and I'll read from their website, the COVID-19 pandemic has exposed the world's extraordinary fragility and highlighted trenched, trenchant societal inequalities. They use big words for no reason other than just trying to bore you or confuse you. Bore you so you won't bother looking any further more likely. Managing the pandemic has been hard enough and doing so while addressing other urgent stresses like climate change, the first one on there, and we're now seeing a pivot towards climate change in the mainstream media. And we were saying months ago, years ago, that this was going to happen. So climate change, discrimination and violence. I mean, discrimination and violence, they're like... Uh, they're not you know i mean there's it's not targeted there's no climate change yes you know what climate change is but then the other two problems we have is discrimination and violence i mean you're never going to get rid of discrimination and violence they're kind of ambient issues where there'll always be violence because the rockefellers and their ilk are behind most of the violence and sending most people and people's children off to war against each other so the discrimination and violence are kind of like just, you know, we don't like that. 
but they're not targeted things you can do anything about really um but climate change is and that was the one they really wanted to get in there so um to carry on and it's added to further difficulty the challenge is further highlight heightened in the face of what may soon become recurrent interlocking patterns of environmental again economic and social disruption so we've seen the economic disruption that was planned that is the great reset problem reaction solution the whole point of this was to the economies were crashing the dollar has tanked which it would do i think charlie robinson says this in one of his books that after about 90 years the, the currency does do that um so they knew this was coming so they needed a reason so it wouldn't be blamed on the private banks that this was going to happen this was covid's fault so this is all planned not to say that covid isn't a real thing um but I'm still on the fence of whether it is or not. But the real issue is that it wasn't the pandemic. It wasn't a pandemic. They changed the uh, description of a pandemic in 2008 to include uh, cases, not just deaths. Um, so it wasn't a pandemic. And it clearly wasn't what they were pretending it was. Um, this was all about having an excuse as to why the economy was going to crash and be able to reset all of our lives. And here's the reason. So they said, they say, what should be done to move forward? How can the world find a way out of this difficult situation? These were the questions tackled by participants in 17 rooms, 2020 or 17 rooms is their kind of tagline for what they were doing at this kind of seminar. A couple of days, I think it was. I'm not sure it was. A yearly convening of leading experts and practitioners brought together by the Brookings Institution and the Rockefeller Foundation to channel ideas and energy into actions for the Sustainable Development Goals, SDG. So S Sustainable Development, again, comes back to this. This is always the greater good. And this is the cult that I call the greater good. And we will wrap this up basically in, in that terms. A clear consensus from this year's convening was that the SDGs, which is Sustainable Development Goals, are more relevant than ever and should be used as a North Star. And now we have this kind of occult um, prophecy element coming, creeping in there in the um, Middle East, Solomon's Temple, Temple Mount, and all of this uh, nonsense that they want to bring about there uh, to guide action out of this COVID-19 crisis. The 17 Rooms report set out four great transitions, and this is where the great transitions come. So we're looking for, a, it's not going to be a hard reset. And I think people will, that's the point in the great reset. It was like, this is a hard reset. On this date, we will start again. Whilst that's kind of happening, and it's almost a little bit like cults do when they say this date is coming and that's when uh, the Messiah will come back and lift you up into the heavens and you'll all be all right. They keep moving the goalposts, but it's a reset date. It's always on a reset date. Behind the Great Reset is the Great Transition. So whilst you're waiting for that date to kick in, or that hard reset to kick in, actually all of this is going on in the background, or the foreground, if you know what you're looking for. And that's the point in me chatting about this today. Um, so the four transitions offer fresh take on the SDGs as a guidance ref uh, guiding reference point out of the crisis. Drawing from the insights of the 17 different working groups that came together in the year's 17 rooms process, in this year's 17 room process. So therefore, transitions are one, towards integrating justice for all, from tackling economic and social inequalities independently to recoupling economic and social progress for everyone. Basically, everyone's on a basic income. <laughs> That's it. Sit at home 
on your ass, take your basic income. But what you'll have to do for that basic income is get your jabs, keep your mouth shut, don't go online and speak about anything you shouldn't speak about. And all this good behavior, this compliance will go into your social compliance score, which will be on your app. And that was the point in this track and trace stuff. It wasn't to actually succeed. The whole point was to lay the foundations and test out the technology and see how compliant people were for tech for the take up. So that's what this is about. First one. So that's about setting everyone with a fair balanced income. What is a bit basic income. So it's a little bit like if you think of it in a, in a business and you want to kind of like progress in that business, and you want to be paid more for the more work you do, the more effort you put in, the more ideas you bring to the table. But people go, oh, no, that's not fair. Everybody should be paid the same across the board. It sounds good at first, and it sound, it's really fucking good for the lazy ones. But the ones that really want to progress, there's no progression if there's no standout. Fair is should be linked to how much effort you're going to put into your life. Um, not to everyone just getting treated the same because if you don't put in the same amount of effort as someone why should you be given the same things as them so this is kind of like what the the social credit i'm um, sorry the uh, the uh, basic income will be everyone will get the same and it'll be a minimum wage it'll be like hunger game society you just get paid very minimum and you can't get any further than that no matter what you do um number two towards blue green replenishment from valuing natural capital at the margin to actively stewarding nature at scale basically that would be your carbon footprint and that will be on your app too so you'll have your compliance score will be your overall score which your social credit score i call it a compliance score but on that which will contribute to that score will be things like your carbon footprint uh, which will be how many times you use your car how many times you go on planes how what sort of petrol you use and also on that will be um, obviously your vaccines and how up to date you are with them and many, many other things. It's going to be horrific. So all this is adding towards that. Number three, towards equitable technology infrastructure from celebrating novel applications to building inclusive systems for innovation. Basically funding the technology for the technocracy. That's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> it's basically, yeah. Um, and number four, towards generational transition from preparing young people for the future to partner in with next generation leadership today, which basically is what the um, what Gaz, Gaz Rarify has been talking about quite a lot lately is the, um, I think they're called the young global leaders from the great reset, which DiCaprio is one of them. I think Macros and Macron's one of them. And Jacinda is one of them. Quite a few others uh, are, are one of the young global leaders from the, the world um economic forum that's what that's about that's about basically brainwashing the future generations and uh, an article popped up today that on on info wars of all things but um they do they still value info wars for a lot of work they do i don't agree with a lot of the stuff that they do but you're not supposed to that's not the point we're not we're not children we can also disagree on things and we all got our own wants and needs but this was um it says it's come out today and it was CNN's Stelter visits. So Stelter works for CNN. So CNN Stelter visits school kids being taught how to spot information. So he basically visited their school and inside an eighth grade classroom learning news literacy, which really means they're being brainwashed 
to try and pick out what they say is misinformation. So it says resident CNN clown. <laughs> this is InfoWars, by the way. Brown's and um, Brown. <laughs> Brian Steltler presented a segment during which he visited the eighth grade school in New York and spoke to them about what constitutes misinformation, prompting a massive backlash. Again, I'm reading InfoWars. CNN's potato-headed host spoke to the students about their class on news literacy. After teaching directly, the teacher directly told the kids that satire is a form of information, (laughs) misinformation. So um, (laughs) satire, comedy, is a form of misinformation now. I mean, these people are lunatics, and you'll see why they're lunatics later. This is a cult, and this cult lunacy psychopathy is being spread out and now to the schools. So number four on this sort of great transition. So go back to that towards generational transition. Brainwashing, basically, at school from preparing young people for the future to partner to partnering with next generation leadership today. So you've got your young global leaders hooking a lot of these young kids in. By the way, this picture of these uh, kids that in New York in the eighth grade, have all got masks on, sitting on their desk, speaking to a guy with another mask on. So that's how mental that is. So this is what we're saying. We're saying this is a cult, and there's reasons, occult reasons, why this is getting spread out. So the Great Transition is an occult step forward behind the Great Reset. So basically, so in addition, so we'll go back to the Great Transition, the Rockefeller Transition. In addition to the main report, each of the SDG focused rooms moderators and participants prepared short reports summarizing insights and action that emerged from discussions on the sdgs not stds some of them have probably got stds as well um so the first one was no poverty that's just vague isn't it what do you mean poverty like what constitutes poverty for some people like i'm sure if like dicaprio couldn't get on his private jet for a week he'd feel deprived and poverty stricken um zero uh, number two zero hunger hunger's a feeling i mean you can't not have hunger that's how you tell you it's how you know you're hungry how am i supposed to know i'm hungry if i don't have any hunger i'll just feel like i'm full up all the time and then i'll die fucking idiots um so these aren't things that are tangible I mean, but this is the mentality of these people. This is the wokeness of it all. Zero poverty and zero hunger. I know what they mean. They're saying no, no one should go hungry. But that's not what it says. It says zero hunger. It's mad. Number three, good health and well-being. Again, arbitrary. Who knows what is different for each people and each person. And again, that's the point. They want everybody the same. So good health and well-being for you might not be the same for me. But if everybody's the same in a cult, it is. Four, quality education, like knowing what news literacy and knowing what misinformation is and not watching any satire. Life of Brian's out the window. Quality education. This is coming from the Rockefellers, by the way. The Rockefellers, who basically turned the uh, pharmaceutical industry, the medical industry upside down by turning it into a pharmaceutical um, corporation. Um, and uh, took over the education system in the early 1900s and ruined it. So this is basically what they're doing. This has been on the cards for hundreds of years. Uh, number four, five, gender equality. Now we've seen the whole transgender, not transgender, and the um, 
or oh, is transgender, but it goes into transhumanism. We've seen all this man spreading and man hating and men are bad, especially white men. Um, all of this stuff, all of this about getting people to hate each other and putting your your he, she, was, me, unicorn in your um, social media bio um, to, to signify what you are that day. And you can change it and you can change your day, date of birth. I mean, you can change how, how old you are if you want. You can identify as anything. Um, gender equality. So these things would be good on the surface, but like anything, if you're a mad cult, you just go to extremes. <laughs> just do weird shit instead. Clean water and sanitation. Well, that sounds right, but then they never just put fluoride into the more of the water in the UK. So that sounds like nonsense. Um, affordable and clean energy. Green energy. That's what it'll be. Um, decent work and decent work and economic growth. What does decent work mean? Industrial innovation, infrastructure, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities. Now that one is is really important um, because that's where you're going to get your smart cities coming in. That's where you're going to get your real technocracy, your whole track and trace app. Basically, there will be like tech technology white open air prison camps. Um, and we can see it going that way already. I mean, look at what China is already. Parts of China are basically open air prison camps, and it's horrific. And people don't know that. Not many people know that, even in the in the West, but what it's like there. So I'll just have a quick look at that one. So that's the. It's um, talking about local leadership and mayors a lot. So basically, it's saying that they should hand the pay, hand it down to the local governance. It's governance as well. And not governments, and it can be controlled from there. Um, but that one's really important and, and really interesting. So that's worth a look. Um, climate action, there you go. Life below water, life on land, everything basically. Peace, justice, and strong institutions, and partnerships for goals. So that's the 17 rooms. And I would suggest anyone go and have a look at this the Rockefeller Foundation. Now, <laughs> come back to that in a bit because that leads into some really weird stuff. Um, the juicy, weird occult stuff that fascinates me. But let's have a little look back at some of these Rockefeller people and what do they do. So <laughs> when we have a look behind this, so this book is, there's loads of stuff out there about the Rockefellers, so you can find, you, you probably know most of, the, most of the stuff about them. Um, but this, this was a good bit in here, and I want to kind of explain that if you look at people like Bill Gates and you know, what his background is, he was brought up, he was raised in a eugenics cult called Planned Parenthood um, that had theosophy kind of attach, attachments. And um, and his dad was head of Planned Parenthood. So he was raised in a cult. He's the guy that's basically in charge and owns the World Health Organization. He was um, his own founder, his own foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, was inspired by the Rockefeller Foundation. Um <laughs> Microsoft was seed funded by IBM, who created the ticket machines for the Nazi war camps. So you can see why this stuff all kind of folds into one, because it's a, a cult that goes on. And a part of that cult, major part of that cult is eugenics and um, changing, messing with the, the human DNA, changing us into something else, which we are seeing happening now with these mRNA um vaccines i'm not saying they're changing your dna but they're certainly changing the constitution of what you are and they certainly are i believe going to have a massive effect on fertility going forward 
So um, let's have a look a bit of this. So this is from Jim Mars' book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich. Excellent book. One of the best books I, I've read when it comes to learning about this cult. Um, and obviously it's all about the, the, the Nazis. Bloody Nazis. Um, so um, this book, let's have a little read of this, this paragraph about the Rockefellers. So by the time of his death in 1937, John D. Rockefeller and his only son, John D. Rockefeller Jr., they're really imaginative with names. What should we call him? Just call him John. I don't get confusing. Junior on the end. Should we just why don't we call him Bruce? Bruce Rockefeller. Nice sounds like a fucking labourer. Let's call him John. So they've called the same name. Um, had not only built up an amazing oil empire, but had established such institutions as the University of Chicago, the Rockefeller Institute of Medical Research in 1901. That's where it all went a bit tits up with the, the medical industry. Um, later renamed the Rockefeller University in, in um, New York City. In the same New York City where that guy's going around to the classrooms and teaching them all about misinformation and satire being a bit shit. Um, and they also started the General Education Board. There you go again. So that's why he's in the school in 1903. And the Rockefeller Foundation itself in 1913. And the Lincoln School in 1917, where the Rockefeller siblings began their education education indoctrination these rockefeller funded institutions ensured their early entry into the fields of medicine pharmaceuticals and education and that's basically where we're looking at a lot of this cult rollout and the rockefellers are not anywhere near the top of this you obviously got the rothschilds would be above them in the hierarchy but you've got a lot of the european bloodline families that you've never heard of like the merovingian families <coughs> the duponts um, and it goes through the Vatican, the Jesuits, and all of this lot. This is a huge, thousands of years old agenda that goes right back to Babylon, um, Mesopotamia, possibly more. And um, where are we? So the Rockefellers were also interested in the eugenics movement. A program of scientifically applied genetic selection to maintain and improve their ideal for human characteristics which included birth and population control. Now, these are the people behind the pharmaceutical industry. These are the people behind the pharmaceutical industry in the eugenics stuff, doing the eugenics bits. You still want to get that experimental jab, the one that puts um, mRNA into your, your body with no long-term understanding of what it's, how it's going to affect you? and produces a spike protein that, that basically takes about a year to get rid of and leaves a lipid nanoparticle just laying in there like an empty milk carton, accumulating in your bone marrow. These people, the Rockefellers, were also interested in the eugenics movement, a program of scientifically applied genetic selection to maintain and improve their ideal for human characteristics, which included birth and population control, which was the same thing as Bill Gates was brought up in a eugenics cult called Planned Parenthood. Can you see the connections here? They're all bloody at it. In 1910, the Eugenics Records Office was established and endowed by grants from Mr. Edward H. Harriman and John D. Rockefeller. It seems the wealthy elite of Americans were as concerned with bloodlines as the Nazis. And this is where it comes back. And like Ancestry.com, these are all things to kind of track what bloodline you are, what constitution you are, what it comes back to your, your, um, your immune system, what you're made of. 
and they want to change what you're made of and get rid of a lot of it as well. So another American supporter of German psychiatry was James Loeb, son and by son and by 1984 business partner to Solomon's Loeb. Solomon again, that's a big word. Founder of the prominent Kuhn, Loeb and Company, the bankers and bakers of Rail Tycoon, Edward H. Harriman. There you go, then that's where he was. So the Rockefellers were interested in um, eugenics from early on. And this is a great book. If, if you want to know what the people, the mentality behind this. And these are different mentalities that are all coming together at the moment. So let's just keep that in mind. So that's the, uh, that's that bit. So that's the, uh, the, um, basically the, the eugenics part creeping into what this is. Now, this is where it gets into some weird shit. So we've come after the, the great transition, which I believe is really what's rolling on along while everybody's staring at the great reset. Um, that's kind of like a look over here while they steal all the cutlery out of the kitchen. So then you come to the great, great transition initiative and Stephen Rockefeller, good old Stephen. They all look the same. They always look like mini Mr. Burns. So Stephen Rockefeller is Professor Emeritus of Religion at Millbury College, where he also served as Dean of the College. He received his Master's of Divinity from Jesus from the Union Theological Seminary in New York. So theology coming back in again. Theology, you really need to look into this because this whole great awakening has a lot of theology to it. Um, there's some good work out there by a guy called John Brisson. Don't, again, agree with everything he says. Um, but the work that he's done and the research he's done into why after he believes after this all falls apart, the Great Reset falls down, they'll offer the, the Great Awakening is really what they want to offer. But the Great Awakening is really like the pillow over your face as opposed to the jackboot on your neck of the Great Reset. And the Great Awakening is dressed up in this theosophy of usurping God and everyone becoming one with God and all of this, this madness, really, that is actually a cult. And this is where this all ties in. It's very, very interesting when you start to look into it and it comes together quite amazingly. So um, he is the author of John Dewey, the author of John Dewey, Religious Faith and Democratic Humanism, and the co-editor of two books of essays, The Christ and the, and there's no way I'm going to be able to say that, Bodhisattva. If I got that right, that's a miracle. And Spirit and Nature, um, Why the Environment is Religious Issue. There you go. So you're tying in the religious element into there. And then you'll have the goddess um, of the planet, which I can't remember her name now, but they call her, they call the planet a name, um, a lady's name. And I can't remember what it is now, but it all ties in. Anyway, and his essays have appeared in many books, journals. Over the past 20 years, Professor Rockefeller has played a leading role in drafting, promote and promote the drafting and promotion of something called the Earth Charter. Now, the Earth Charter is is a declaration of global independence with fundamental principles for building a just, sustainable and peaceful world. Sustainable. And if you get in the way of that sustainability, you need to get out of it. And that's basically where this is going. It's the greater good cult. It's the take your vaccine that doesn't stop you getting it or passing it on because that's what we do for the greater good. But what the hell? If it 
all of these thousands of people, possibly 200,000 people that have been injured or even died of this jab across the world. And that's what we know of. What about if it hurts me? But that's the point. You don't worry about your health. You're worrying about the greater good's health. So you're going to roll the dice because you wouldn't want to be responsible for someone else's death. But your death, fine. Don't worry about that. But someone else's. So now I'm responsible for your health. <laughs> but you're responsible for mine. But then you're not responsible for me having to take that because you pressured me. That was my decision. This is the lunacy of it all. So this is where it comes into to, um, place, sustainable and peaceful world. So to end that bit, so this is Stephen Rockefeller. So it says, active in the field of philanthropy, they all are, is a trustee of the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, an international founder that he chaired, an international foundation that he chaired from 1998 to 2006. So let's have a look now into what this Earth Charter is. And this is where it gets kind of fun and weird. So the earthcharter.org. I've never heard of any of this stuff before. And I've done this for a fair few a fair few years now. And I'd never heard of any of this stuff before until recently. And that just goes to show how vast this information is. And everybody's looking at the Great Reset when the Great Transition leads to a lot of this stuff. So this is sponsored by the UN um, Environmental Programme and the Parliament of the World's Religions. So there's religions there. But at the top, it says, read faith for Earth, a call for action. So that's a book. Um, and Earth Chart is mentioned in the book. So they promote this book. So we invite you to read the book, Faith for Action, a call for action, which mentions the Earth Charter on pages 10 to 11. Thank you for that. Very specific. It was it's only 12 pages long. I'm joking. I don't know how many pages it is. <laughs> It was published by UNEP and the Parliament of the World's Religion in 2020. So it doesn't say world religions. It says the world's religion. Now you can see that. No, you can't see that. But it does say world's religion in 2020. And this is what it's about. This is about a one world religion. The book describes the essential, unshakable reverence that all religions have for creation and nature and introduces the world's major life support systems. That's why they're demonizing CO2, which is the gas of life. Don't, don't produce too much CO2. You fucking need it to live. We hope the book will give you information and inspiration to learn more about our planet, to share your knowledge and commitment to care for it, and to become part of the flourishing global interfaith, interfaith movement that is increasingly bringing people together to protect and sustain life on Earth. And there it is, sustainability again. And this is it's just mad when you start to look into really what they they believe. Um, so the Faith for Earth. So let's go back into that again and a little bit more about this, this book. Um, Faith for Earth, a call for action. Faith for Earth, a call for action, describes the essential, unshakable reverence that all religions have for creation and nature. And it introduces the world's major life support systems. We hope this book will give you information and inspiration to learn more about our planet. We read that bit. Okay, in the last 60 years, more than 40% of the world's civil wars have been linked to control over natural resources, such as land, oil, and water. <laughs> the fucking the conflicts have been funded by the likes of the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and all of these fucking families over these things. 
problem, reaction, solution. Cause a problem, get the reaction, provide the solution. Climate change is on <laughs> climate change is on track to make the situation worse. With unprecedented, unprecedented new impacts on the functioning ecosystems we're dependent upon for survival, as well as on as well as on where people can live and grow food, build cities, practice their faith, and raise their children in peace and health. So they basically want to put everyone in a um, in smart cities, but they're pretending that that's not what they want. They go, oh, we might have to get there if you don't start behaving yourself and stop using your car. You might have to, we will put you in a fucking, we all have to use public transport and live in one city and get your vaccines. Um, so the health of the security implications of climate change are being recognised at the highest levels. And UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has put it at the heart of our conflict prevention agenda. The Secretary General announced in April 2020 that the global crisis we are facing today due to COVID-19 pandemic is the gravest challenge since the establishment of the UN 75 years ago. Now, you're getting that these people, problem, reaction, solution, create the problem, get the reaction, provide the solution, which pushes the agenda on. So is it beyond the realms of possibility that they were behind the problem in the first place? But it also remains an irrefutable fact that climate change continues to be one of the most systematic environmental threats that the humankind has ever faced. So they're tying it in back into climate change. And you're going to see this. I mean, I was around my, my um, father-in-law's yesterday and, um, and I was having a poo and I could hear him listen to the BBC and they were banging on about climate change, about carb, um, CO2 levels and um, carbon neutral. They were going on about how are we going to make, I think it was carbon neutral. How are we going to reach carbon neutral? And I'm just saying, you know, you fuckers got a car there. What are you talking about? They're all mad. But you can see the madness is just really overt now. When you know what you're looking for, it's seeping into the mainstream media. And these mainstream media presenters are utterly, utterly brainwashed and utterly, utterly clueless. Some of them aren't even brainwashed. They're just clueless. They wouldn't know any of this stuff existed at all. They just wouldn't. Someone who briefly stopped by the mainstream media when he came out of uni after I did a film and TV production degree. It was clear that many of them weren't thinking for themselves. And that was really what you needed to be. You were a certain type of person to be able to work at these places. And that means that you just didn't think for yourself and you kind of put this weird joker like smile on and got pissed at four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so let's carry on. We are in a race against time that will require political will, innovation, inclusion, tolerance, values and ethics, financing and partnership. We are calling on everyone, count, countries, cities, the private sector, individuals and faith based organisations to strengthen their actions to mitigate climate change, restore ecosystems and protect the health of the planet without delay. The world has the, sci has the scientific understanding. The technology, technological capability, which most of that technology is, is funded by fossil fuels um, or created by warehouses and, and, <laughs> and companies that use factories that use fossil fuels to create that, con that technology. <laughs> Fucking insane. And a financial means to do this. We need to trust our abilities and act accordingly. Our challenge is not that we do not know what to do is how quickly we know we can do it. The problem is massive. 
I love it when they just put like a word in there that's really like normal. It's massive. I couldn't think of any other better word to say. So it's just it's really massive. Just stick massive in there. And such large and complex challenges will require transformational thinking, integration, and big movements. <laughs> Fucking that was a big movement. But it will also require progress on a myriad smaller and manageable scales. We need faith-based, this is the bit that got me. We need faith-based organizations to be part of the global accountability and monitoring system to achieve the sustainable development goals. And we need a common ethical system of values, no matter what religion we believe. There you go. That means basically two things to me anyway, unless I'm completely mistaken. That means they want all a one world religion, all religions to act alike and all religions to monitor the way people are behaving. Now that is absurd. They were all a one world religion. And this is what people like John Brisson are talking about when it comes off the back of the great reset, this hard reset that they're not going to do because they're not getting away with it. And in the UK, everything's just dropped and it's meant to go this way. They, they knew they were never going to get away with it. They've got a couple of places in the world, but I think they will roll back like Israel, like um, Austria, like Germany, France. Eventually, they will roll back there because once the jackboot is off the neck, you'll be so relieved by the people that provided the solution, the problem that they actually created in the first place, that you will accept what they offer you, which will be this great awakening. Everybody rising up. You see hundreds of thousands, more millions of people all over the world rising up against the government. And that's what they want. And that isn't what needs to happen. Of course, it is. Absolutely, of course, it is. I mean, everyone who's gone along to these protests turned up, put the time in, are incredible people. They really, really are. This would have gone a lot quicker and been a lot worse if it wasn't for those people. Absolutely. And everybody who shares this information, makes video content like this, writes books, um, does podcasts, makes documentaries of continually helping. But what we need to be worried about is this horse shit quite frankly there's going to be offered on the back which is a global government or global governance um, from a global cult of a one world religion which will be called the great awakening and i completely believe that and it'll be dressed up as something incredibly positive but actually what it will be is like the brave new world where people are half asleep don't know what's going on don't question anything but they know that they're trapped in this technocracy which we see being pushed out but it will be for the greater good so your compliance score on your app on your phone which won't be on your phone very soon it'll be on a microchip in your anus probably not in your anus but maybe maybe if you're on it in your anus that's probably the only thing you get that you enjoy anymore and um, that'd be like your choice you can have it in your head or do you want up your anus i'll just Oh, don't enjoy much anymore so just pop in my bum bum that might be the only enjoyment that you get anymore but um this is this is where it's heading and um, we're heading for a global cult of people uh, a technocracy and it is brave new world it's the shiny part of brave new world and what they were trying to do in brave new world which was um written by a guy that obviously aldous huxley um uh, he knew georgia all well they they I think Huxley taught Orwell geography, or something, at, at university. Um, they were insiders. They either written, wrote it as a mock or they wrote it as part of this revelation of the method. Um, but we who will choose to opt out are being told that we're living in the woods and all our teeth will fall out, basically. 
that's what we've done. <laughs> There's your choice. Um, so that's basically where we are with these people. But this is um, a book from Henry Macau. He's a very controversial Jewish writer. Um, Jew- being Jewish, again, is, is, is a faith. It's a choice. It's not a, a race. Um, that's a kind of misnomer. Um, there's all sorts of people, Jewish, you can be Chinese and Jewish, you can be all sorts of, I mean, it's not a specific race of people, although it predominantly was a, a certain people that lived in a certain part of the world, but it isn't exclusive. It's, it's a, it's a, actually it's a faith. Um, so they tied it with anti-Semitism, obviously being anti-Jewish, but you're not anti-Jewish. You're just anti-Rockefellers, you're anti-bad behaviour, basically. Um, and Rothschilds and Rockefellers will hide behind the fact that they say they're Jewish, where they're actually crypto Jews, supposedly. Anyway, so the, he writes about this. This is a Jewish writer. He writes about a lot of controversial topics, some of which I don't agree with, but a lot of his stuff is great. And these, this book is fantastic. So it's Illuminati, the cult that hijacked the world. And again, comes back to being a cult. And this was written quite a few years ago, um, 2007, I believe. Um, so this is this is a little article in there. I'll only read a bit. So it's independent historian unveils Kabbalah conspiracy. So um, David Livingston, 41, author of Terrorism and the Illuminati, a 3000 year history. 2007 says Kabbalists determined to be God have hijacked mankind. And this is what it is. They want to usurp God. They want to be like God. That's why you see the metaverse. That's just, it's transhumanism in a sense of you are the gods, you are God connected, but it's not like I'm connected to the source and I'm, I, I am a good person. It's I am a God. And that's why you see social media running out and kids sort of acting as if they're demigods. They've got followers, subscribers, and we all, we've all fallen into it. But that's why it's kind of training you into be, into be like a little cult leader, basically. Um, so the Kabbalah states that God created man to know himself, says Livingston. Kabbalists take this to mean that they can usurp the role of God. They don't have to meet an absolute moral standard first. Livingston says that all occult movements originate in the Kabbalah, which dates to the 6th century BC Babylon. Kabbalism does not uphold the universal moral, moral standards, emancipated by Moses. And that's what he identifies with um, Macau. Livingstone maintains that most Illuminati bloodlines, including European royalty, are heretic, heretical Jews, crypto Jews and wannabe Jews. Crypto and in brackets, crypto Jews are Jews who pretend they are Christian, Muslims or from other religious or ethnic backgrounds. Um, so crypto, basically, you were looking at the, the European bloodlines and what we kind of a lot of us call the black nobility, those sort of bloodlines. And Amy um, says, I think it's Amy says, what a, or what the fuck she does a great book about that it's called cynically and i'll read a bit about that later so in this book livingston traces the genealogies of these Khazar bloodlines which include the rothschilds the hasbergs sinclairs the stewarts the merovigians and the disaganians they're new to me and the windsors which are saxo Cove and gotha which obviously is originally um the great secret of history is this story of the Ascent of heretical Kabbalists to the world power, says Livingston. Ordinary Jews and people in general have no idea how they are being manipulated. These Kabbalists believe Lucifer is the true God. And this is where we're getting into the global cult and the global religion, which is behind all of this um, 
great transition this uh this climate change nonsense this whole um sustainable development this is where it's all leading it all ties back into this belief that lucifer is the true god and they can become like gods uh, but their whole aim in life is to humiliate and degrade mankind and prove to God that the human experiment is a failure. They are gradually achieving this goal through their control of the economy, education, media and government. And there you go again. Three of them. I mean, education, media and government and economy, they're, they're funded by them. And you could add pharmaceutical industry to that as well, the medical. And this is what they're doing. They see us as cattle. And, that, and that's simple as that. Um, there's too many of us on the earth. You've heard Bill Gates talk about this. There's too many people on the planet to sustain development. So we need to get rid of it. It's in the Georgia Guidestones. We know all about this. And it comes back again to what I read again in um, Jim Mars' book. These are eugenics. As a eugenics cult, like the Nazis, is exactly where he got from. It's, there's rumours, there's a lot of rumors, information that Hitler was a Rothschild um, through his mum. I was grandmother, I believe. Um, so this is out there to put it together. What you've got is a cult of eugenicists that want to reduce the population of the world. We know this through, I believe, sterilization through these experimental vaccines, or not vaccines, they're gene therapies. Um, I don't believe it's going to kill a load of people off the bat. I think it's just going to stop people from having children. And the future generations won't be able to have children. It'll all be done in if IVF, that sort of type thing. And you will have to qualify to be able to do that through your compliance and your genealogy as well. It's your compliance score, which will be your social credit score, which, again, is your compliance score. This is where we're heading. We're heading there fast. This is a global cult of a one-world religion. The one-world religion will be the awakening. Now, I spoke to um, Dr. Joy pew i said purr on the interview like a cat but it's pew and she was talking about these bloodlines and how they're related to cain and abel and um, if you haven't read that i'll quickly go over basically obviously cain and abel are the um, the brothers and uh, cain killed abel but there was another brother called seth which replaced obviously abel cain was the bloodline of the snake and that's what we're looking at now this snake brotherhood which is where you got the snake symbology um, through the years and this snake secret society and it's all still there there's all of these secret societies kind of look up to this the top levels the high levels the freemasons the jesuits um, um they have this cane they believe to have this cane bloodline that comes from the caucasus mountains which would be the you know, the Khazars and all of this and these these bloodlines these european bloodlines believe that they are and they have a divine right to rule and we are of the Seth bloodline, which is apparently Jesus's bloodline. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying this is what kind of the Dr. Joy, she kind of believes that these two bloodlines still exist. And uh, that's the fight that's going on here. Um, but there's many, many more of us than there is of them. And I don't believe they have the immune system that we have. They all look like shit. They all look so sickly and ill, don't they? And they all they just don't look right. They don't look well. They all look like they're, they're bald really early. They age really quickly, although they stay alive forever, um, like the vampires. Um, the only one who doesn't seem to look like any of them is Harry, which obviously clearly that Charles is not his dad. 
um princess diana that is a fascinating thing to look into her background and why she was called diana in the first place and all of the um esoteric and kind of like babylonian um symbology behind that i mean this goes back this is a cult that goes back and it's been hidden in the shadows and it's starting to come out now so when you look at the great transition from the rockefellers anyone connected to the rockefellers bill gates fauci all of these lot are working for the same to the same goal they'll have different interests and different wants and needs from this and they'll squabble squabble between each other but they're still fighting towards the same thing and everyone goes on about what's well, china it's not that's the same cult it's all the same cult lee all of these families are still these bloodline families um and uh, that's what we need to understand that they want a one world religion which is quite clearly outlined in this um this transition stuff that i've just gone through they talk about all of the religions coming together to have a one world religion is and that religion will be the great awakening which will be offered possibly off the back of when the great reset collapses in on itself the offer will seem great at first like people are trying to say well how did china turn into the the technocracy it is now well because what was offered at the time was to Americanize that China 34 years ago. It seemed like fucking amazing. Bloody hell, we'll have a Disneyland here. But if you had tried to offer that to the English, we would have gone, sounds a bit shit to me. I'm worried about it. Like we weren't at the stage, they were at a place where they needed a lot of change. They were in a hell, like a really horrible situation. So they were offered something that seemed massively beneficial. It's turned into what it's turned into now, which is an open air technocracy prison. For most people, without hundreds of thousands of people locked out of the system, which is what they're trying to do in the West now. And they're having a harder trouble here because we've lived a relatively comfortable life and we're not buying into this. So the stuff they're offering is like, well, no, I don't want that. It's worse than what we've got now. Um, but let's have a little bit more about the Rockefellers. So let's have a look at the Trilateral Commission. So this is from Amy's book, Sink and Sink. Um, sorry, Synarchy. So the Trilateral Commission. The Trilateral Commission was founded by David Rockefeller in July of 1973 and is composed of approximately 390 elites in business, banking and politics. The purpose of the group is to foster cooperation between Japan, Western Europe and North America. Other founding members were Zbigniew Broninsky, Alan Greenspan and Paul Volcker, both heads of the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve obviously is the, the is owned by the, the central banks. Jeffrey Epstein was also a notable member. Well, was he? The Trilateral Commission. Wonderful. At the first meeting in Tokyo, they shared four goals, which all centred around globalisation, in other words, a new world order. So globalisation can be seen everywhere. Obviously, it's happening everywhere. But then look at it as global, global governance, which means every local government is doing working towards the same agenda but it's done on a local level governance not governments there'll be no governments but there'll be governance they'll basically just be like franchises in every city um and that's why they want it down to the mayor level which i came i think we just briefly spoke about in the uh transition great transition talking about the mayor level giving them more power and you can see that some of that in the us at the moment um so according to Alex Christopher, author of Pandora's Box, the Trilateral Commission is an international organization founded by Dr. David Rockefeller, who also had an, a part in the founding of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, 
and is the chairman of the board and the chairman of the board. The Trilateral Commission is the Illuminati's attempt to unite Western Europe's common market, Japan, Canada and the United States into an economic and political confederacy. What they couldn't do through the political side of the Illuminati Council on Foreign Relations, they are now trying to do through the economic approach. And this is where we're seeing the Great Reset. And this is where we're seeing the te- seeing it all collapsing on itself, trying to bring in a standardized digital currency, which will be your your digital wallet will be in the chip that's in your body, which I've already started to put in people's body. There were thousands in Sweden, and it was only last week that they were talking, they've already introduced people getting it for their COVID pass. So to think that this isn't happening, you're you're, you're purposely trying not to look at it anymore. So um, let's have a little bit more read of this. According to Anthony Sutton and Patrick Edward, the Trilateral Commission was funded by the President the persistent manoeuvring of David Rockefeller and Zbigniew Brunensky. Rockefeller, then chairman of the ultra-powerful Chase Manhattan Bank, a director of many major multinational corporations and endowment funds, has long been a central figure in the mysterious Council on Foreign Relations. Brunensky, a brilliant prognosticator of one-world idealism, has been a professor at Columbia University and author of several books that have served as policy guidelines for the CFR. Brunensky served as the Trilateral Commission's executive director from its inception in 1973 until 1976, when he was appointed by President Carter as assistant to the President for National Security Affairs. So the Rockefellers are everywhere, basically. And um, this is a massive, massive cult, all going towards that one agenda. And as I say, that's that goes right back to Babylon. That goes right back to the mystery schools, right back to Mesopotamia. And some people believe that goes right back to this reptilian hybrid bloodline that people like David will talk about that in Children in the Matrix. And he brings a lot of that in. But that's how deep it goes. It's fascinating, really, how far this back this goes. So um, please do have a look into the Great Transition and try to get people aware that the Great Reset is one level. And you're going to get people like Macron there, Jacinda Hearn there. It's almost, it's not a distraction because they are contributing heavily to this. But you get things like Netflix putting out Don't Look Up uh, about a month ago. A great film, by the way. Fantastic film. But it's so overtly a, a cult. It's so ridiculously so. So you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, who again, it is one of the young global leaders for the World Economic Forum. He's the lead character in it, and he's a scientist, and there's a a comet coming to to kill everyone on Earth, and they won't believe the scientists, and he gets absolutely all right, and the president's an idiot, and everybody else is an idiot, and no one's really taking any notice of him, and it's too late, and then you have a kind of Elon Musk mashed-in character with Bill Gates who tries to mine it for its minerals, and that goes all wrong. Um, The... the, uh, asteroid and then they all end up dying and right at the very end the whole the whole thing is they're all sitting around so DiCaprio's character the girl he met and some other people sitting with the fa- his family and they're sitting around talking about trivial stuff and it seems on one level they're just trying to take their mind off of the fact that it's happening but there's also clearly a poke there at the fact that we all sit around discussing trivial nonsense matters but purpose to purposely ignore the fact that climate change is going to kill us all. 
But in this case, it's an asteroid because they didn't want to be that vert. But it's, we're all going to sit around and you're not worrying about the big problems like climate change that we're telling you about, that the scientists are telling about, and none of you will listen to the science. Trust the science. That's basically what the film is about. Trust the science. And it's so ridiculously overt. It's a good film. It's well worth a watch. It's a very funny film. But you have to understand that Netflix is CEO, co-founder. Um, his uncle was Edward Bernays and his other uncle was Sigmund Freud. It's all psychology and it's all about, it's all a psyop. All of it is. Um, and it's even more so now. I'm not saying everything on there is. But there's certainly the things they put a lot of money behind are. Like in The Matrix is clearly Gnosticism. And there's a lot of that tied into, into this great um, awakening as well. So, guys, go and have a look at this stuff. But please do look into the Rockefeller's Great Transition. And that was really what I wanted to chat about. I've gone off on one. But um, hopefully this has kind of give you an understanding of how these things are all tied together and how one little bit leads to another. And um, these families are there for a reason. And this is heading somewhere fast if we don't stop it. And we need to be very, very wary of what they offer us off the back of when this COVID madness does pass, because it's about to pass, I believe, in most of the world. But they're going to offer something else. And also, this was a testing ground. I don't think they wanted to. It wasn't really about getting most of this in place. It was about this, it was testing to see where we were. It's a bit of a beta test. Um, but that's where it's heading. It's heading into what China is today. And we can't have that for our kids. So this cult, this global cult, this one world religion that they want, this great awakening religion, be careful what they offer you because it's often something completely different. I hope you enjoyed this. Please leave comments and let me know if you want me to do any on my own, if, there was any, if this was watchable at all, because um, I, could, I could start doing a few on my own here and there. Take care. Goodbye. But I'm unapologetically fly. I don't wonder why. That's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Yeah, yeah.